yesterday at the, uh, I'm not sure if it was yesterday, I was three days out at that, our booth at the fair, talked to a lot of different people, and two ladies came by who, uh, they were sisters, and they had lost, one of them was living in the family cabin on Silver Lake, and the other was, you know, one of the owners, because it was the family cabin, and they lost the cabin. They showed me two pictures. One was, when, and you know what I mean when I say cabin. For me, a cabin is a little log structure in the woods. <laughs> this was not that. They showed me a picture. It was an awesome building. And then they showed me the second picture, and it was a chimney. Uh, it was just a chimney. And they were, um, among the other things they had to share, they were, they were confident in their faith in, in Christ and God's provision in the middle of all this. And, and it, was, it was cool to see and, and be a part of that. So I heard a lot of things like that. And, and we heard other things, too. For instance, if you came and visited our booth or worked at our booth, you will know what I say when I say, do you like the taste of bacon? <laughs> and if you don't, you're sitting there going, what? <laughs> and just in case you don't, we're taking a survey to see how people respond to our bourbon barbecue uh, sauce. Would you like to try that? <laughs> because there was a lady across from us over there who was, depending on, on if you were her, the people she was working for, she was, uh, pers she persevered. She was dedicated. And, and, and if you weren't from that camp. <laughs> you go, she was annoying. <laughs> uh, I, I have no idea how many times I heard that. She was faithful to her, her job. She called out in the, in the street. Wisdom is a street preacher. Wisdom is a street preacher. Wisdom calls out in the street uh, to all who would listen. Now, now, if you happen to be a fan of uh, bacon barbecue sauce, then you go, I'm so glad she was calling out in the street. But if you were there working for three days, <laughs> you were not. You know, the only thing I have to imagine, to, to compare it to was, was eons ago, I worked uh, concessions at Joe Albee when the Smurfs were the ice capades theme. And since then, if I hear, la, 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 <laughs> I, I just about, you watch my eyes twitch. <laughs> you know, so it's, wisdom is a street preacher. She calls out in the street. She calls out truth to any who will listen, but very few do. Very few listen. And there is another woman on the street, and she doesn't so much call out as she entices. Yeah, that's a good word. She, she, she lures many away. And if we don't listen to the, to the cry of wisdom, we are very likely to succumb to the call of the adulteress. Today we're going to look at the truth that wisdom still calls out uh, for all the good it seems to do. That sin, the sinner and the adulteress distract with their own voices, and many do listen to that. And, and we'll find that the protection from the call of the seductress or the, the adulteress is, is only found in finding wisdom first. Because afterwards, it's kind of late. 
Okay, first, wisdom cries out, and it's a repeated statement. We're going to look at some, and before we even look at some, I'm just, I'm just going to give you the skeptic's response, because when we look at our world today, we say wisdom isn't calling out, wisdom is, is shushed. Wisdom is, is silenced, and, and I understand that saying, and the response is not in our day, it's not. Uh, and when we read these passages in Proverbs, it sounds like wisdom is crying out in the open and sin speaks quietly, and it seems like today it's the opposite. Sin is crying out publicly and wisdom is speaking quietly. Uh, and, and there is some truth to that, and, and it's lamentable, but it's true. It's, it, is, it seems to be sin and, and, and the, the foolishness and the adulteress who are, who are crying out publicly and, and wisdom is quieted. But here's the difference, is that wisdom is able to cry out without any shame. Right? Wisdom is able to stand openly and honestly and say, here is what I am, here is what I do, here are the fruits of what, I, what following me will lead to. While the seductress and the, and, the, and the adulteress, and the adulteress is the word that we find repeatedly in Scripture, we're going to see also the woman of folly, uh, is, is, it never talks about the results of following her what it will lead to and where it will go. So in that sense, wisdom is the one calling out in the streets. Wisdom is, is the one who is publicly saying, here I am, here's, here's what I stand for, and come to me. While the, the seductress and the alien is saying, hey, look at this shiny thing I have, this will be fun. Uh, and, and, and that's about as far as it goes. Okay, so it is repeated that wisdom cries out openly. And, and I, before I do this, I want to explain something. If you're not familiar with the way Proverbs is broken down, the first nine chapters of Proverbs is mostly uh, an explanation of why wisdom is important. And then from chapter 10 on, we have the short little sayings that we normally think of as Proverbs. And it's not 100% that way, but it's, it's mostly that way. And, and so the, nine, the first nine chapters are actually saying, you need to listen to wisdom. Here's why you need to listen to wisdom. Here's what you need to listen to. And so we're going to look at these these passages out of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, and, and I'm giving just the short two verses, but they're part of a larger passage. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, wisdom shouts in the street. She lifts her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she utters her sayings. And then it goes on and talks about what she calls out. But, but she, she is, she, she's out in the public square. She is, and by the way, wisdom is a woman. Ladies say yes. Uh, which is, I mean, by the way, that makes tremendous sense because Proverbs is addressed to a man. My son, listen to this, my sayings and listen to my teaching. Uh, and, and we're going to find out that, that uh, of course, wisdom is not a living entity. <laughs> and so it's, it's personified. It's personified as a woman because who is the son going to be drawn to? Because he's going to be drawn to a woman. He's a, he's a good boy, uh, <laughs> at least that far. But, but which one? And, and that's the appeal that we have. So wisdom is a woman. And, and uh, she calls out, she calls out in the street, she calls out publicly. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. Does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her voice? On the top of the heights, beside the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, at the opening to the city, at the entrance of the door, she cries out, To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. And she's, she's taking her stand, she's trying to be found, she's trying to be... She's trying to make it easy to be found. She's going into public places and calling out boldly. She's not hiding. She's not secretive. She doesn't have secret knowledge that she's trying to impart to a few. She's trying to give wisdom and guidance to many. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. 
Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has prepared her food. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maidens. She calls from the tops of the heights of the city. Whoever is naive, let him turn in here to him who lacks understanding. She says, come, eat of my food and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake your folly and proceed in the way of understanding. And she's calling out. Uh, wisdom is here. Wisdom is to be found. Wisdom is available. Come find wisdom. I am here. And, and, and the thing that we find as we look at our world today, it's not that wisdom isn't calling out, it's that people aren't listening. You know, I have to tell you, I did not once go check out that bacon barbecue sauce. <laughs> not once. In fact, she came over and she tried to talk to us about would we be interested in a fundraiser. And I said, no. <laughs> I, I, but I said, we don't. She says, does your church do fundraisers? I said, no, not really. She says, well, what do you do? I say, I just tell people we need money. <laughs> it, it, fundraisers, in my opinion, fundraisers where you raise funds by selling things are a lot of work and don't raise a lot of money. Now, when we do things like do our T-shirts, that is, that is for a very good reason. A, I mean, among, among the money that we raise, which we do raise some money, but there's a lot of, of uh, I guess you call it PR value in it. There, there's this, the, the identity that wearing that shirt says, it gives you with the church, and, and it's got some other value to it a lot. And, and, and by the way, uh, where we are with the building program, we're still, you know, I keep telling God, I don't understand why you haven't unleashed this. Please do it. I've told him I'm upset, and he said, oh, no. <laughs> 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 He's, I've got him on the ropes. <laughs> yeah, I better shut up. <laughs> but 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 once we once we pay for once we do the insulation and sheetrock, we will we have enough money to do that. But that will pretty much leave us flat with money, and we'll be at the point where the next step to do is is the bathroom and the kitchen. And my thought is bathroom first because then we can move Awana in there. We don't need a kitchen in there to move Awana in there. And, and so, but, but we don't have money for the bathroom. So we will say, hey, will you sponsor something? And I have this vision of, of a toilet with the plaque that says, Pastor's Potty. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, no, we're not putting plaques on. <laughs> it, it just wouldn't work. You know, the, it just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm off subject. <laughs> okay, so fundraising and, and that, but so, uh, but she called out faithfully. Wisdom calls out like that, but people don't listen. People get used to listening, and they say, heard that, don't want it. Don't want it. Uh, it, it it's, 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 it's something, it, it, it was, for lack of a better way to put it, wisdom is not sexy. You, you know, sexy is, is, means it has that eye appeal. It has that instant sense of gratification. It has, you know, it's like, it's like you're going to buy a car. You walk onto the used car lot. I remember when I walked onto, onto the car lot to buy my first car, right? I'm a, I'm a 16-year-old. I think I was 17. A 17-year-old young man. I have money in my pocket. I had a job, and I'm looking at a car, and there on the lot was a 64 Firebird. Not Firebird, T-Bird, T-Bird. 64 T-Bird. And, and, and I did not look at anything else on the lot. Right? And I went home and I said, Dad, I want to buy this one. He goes, Steve, you're 17. You have your own money. No, you cannot buy that car. 
<laughs> my dad was, he made me buy a car that people accused me of driving my dad's car. <laughs> but it was mine and I had it. But it, but it, was, it was the one with the eye. That's what I mean by sexy. You know, the, the, the 64 T-Bird had, had the sex appeal of, in a car and, and that kind of thing. Wisdom doesn't have that. Wisdom doesn't have that. Wisdom is not exciting that way. It doesn't catch your eye and promise quick gratification, right? When you're driving down the car, down the road in that car that says wisdom, the girls don't go, oh. <laughs> you know? And when you're 17, you want them to look at you while you're driving down the car and go, oh, <laughs> right? Uh, if you didn't know that, sorry, I just taught you something. It may not be wisdom, but it's true, okay? But wisdom, but wisdom is deep right? Wisdom runs deep. It promises great and true rewards that will last. The results of wisdom last. It's not exciting in the flash bang kind of way, but it is deep and real and rewarding and lasting. And that's what wisdom is, and that's what wisdom promises. Wisdom promises good results that last. But people don't want to hear about eventual rewards. People don't want to hear about the, the, the benefits of good thinking and, and deciding through that. And so even though wisdom is crying out, people are not listening to wisdom. They choose not to. But wisdom does promise that it will bear fruit. Proverbs 1, again, verse 33. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. It's, that's what it says. Now, now, that follows, by the way, what wisdom says to those who don't listen. So let's back up a little bit to verse 24. Because I called you and you refused. I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. And you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock on your... Uh, when your dread comes, when your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, and I will, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, they will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel, they spurned all my reproof, so they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices, for the waywardness of the naive will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. For those who do not listen, uh, there will be all this, the, 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 you reap what you sow. And if you say, no, I will not listen to wisdom, then the alternative to that is foolishness. And foolishness brings a price. And, and those who are wise avoid the price of foolishness. But those who are not wise will have to pay that price. For those who listen, there is security and no dread of evil. What does it say in 33? But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. No dread of evil. You reap what you sow. Those who live lives of foolishness have the fruit of foolishness to await them. There is no confidence in their expectations. Picture two old men on their deathbeds, right? Two old men on their deathbeds, uh, same hospital room, whatever. One is fearful and alone. He has nothing around him to support him, nobody around him to support him. And the other is confident and at peace and surrounded by loved ones. Okay? That's the difference between the, the fruit of foolishness and the fruit of wisdom. And, and as we look at this life, the fruit of wisdom is so much better. That, that, is, that is some of the fruit. Of, that's some of the fruit. That's not the whole fruit. I'm not saying you don't see any fruit of wisdom until you're on your deathbed. But, but that is an example of the fruit of wisdom. In Proverbs 8, the entire chapter 
is wisdom crying out. <laughs> Wisdom's not the only thing that cries out. <laughs> wisdom cries out through the whole chapter, but let's look at verse uh, 6 through 11. What wisdom cries out. Listen, for I will speak noble things, and the opening of my lips will reveal what is will, will reveal right things. For my mouth will utter truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. And the utterance of my mouth, utterances of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing crooked or perverted in them. They are all straightforward to him who understands uh, the right and right to those who have knowledge. And so what do we find? Uh, wisdom, oh, that was only through verse 9 through 10. Take my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice is gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all desirable things cannot compare with her. Right? Uh, wisdom is noble. Yeah, adjectives to describe wisdom. Noble, right, true, righteous, straightforward. It's preferable to gold, silver, and jewels. The, thing, the things you desire... They don't compare to wisdom. The flash bang things, the things that catch your attention, that you go, oh, cool, I want that. Uh, th th those things do not compare to the fruit or the rewards of wisdom. They, they have that appeal. They have that immediate sense of gratification, but they don't provide what they offer. Uh, you find yourself, you know, how long does it take for the, the, the shiny to wear off? You know, how long does it take before the next best thing comes out? This is a really foolish example, but I remember when Roger Rabbit came out. And I was so excited about Roger Rabbit because they had both Disney and Looney Tunes cartoon characters in it. And this was so cool to me because uh, they were bringing together the two different giants of cartoondom in one movie. I, and I was, I was just like, ooh, gaga. You know? And now it's like, that's really, I mean, it's a cool thing, I guess, but... Actually, my life is no better <laughs> in any way that I can think of because Roger Rabbit came out with this new cartoon novelty, I guess. The shine's gone. You know, it's, it's just not there anymore. It, 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 it's, it's a, but it's a classic example. I remember a guy who was saving up pogs as an investment. <laughs> Some of you go, what's a pog, Right? <laughs> you're, either, you're either too old or too young. You have no idea what a pot. That's because they were a thing for like this long. And, and uh, I think his investment did not pay off. The, the flashbang is gone. The things we think we desire, they don't compare to wisdom. We are drawn to what is bright and shiny and new, but we don't think it through. And once we get them, what then? Because everything gets old and stale. Wisdom and its rewards do not get old and stale. Gold, true gold, does not lose its shine, and you don't have to polish it. Uh, wisdom is better. Wisdom and its rewards are better. Okay, Proverbs 9, uh, proceed in the way of, of uh, understanding. Um, I'll just read, I, I'm not going to read the whole whole thing, but we read, out, read that first part. She's built her house, she's hewn her pillars, she's prepared her, her way, um, Let's see, there, I, I, there were some specific verses I wanted there. Um, and now I want to find them specifically. There's a comparison of wisdom and folly. I, you know, I, I, have, I have really good notes here. 
I'm looking for the verse to support them. <laughs> I'll start with verse 13. The woman of folly is boisterous. She is naive and knows nothing. She sits at the doorway of her house on a seat at the high places of the city, calling to those who pass by, who are making their paths straight. Whoever is naive, let him turn in here. To him who lacks understanding, she says, stolen water is sweet. Uh, bread eaten in secret is pleasant. And she's trying to get them to turn off from her way into uh, from, from wisdom, wis, wisdom, the way of wisdom, into the way of folly. She's trying to get them to turn off from the straight way. Uh, and, and so we find uh, prover- uh, foolishness trying to do that. And wisdom says, proceed in the way of understanding. Uh, some, and sometimes, you know, sometimes it's fun to get out and explore. Anybody ever found cool things driving around the country just for fun? Uh, we went out, we went out, I did this with the kids, they, we went on a, we, sometimes we go for papa walks, sometimes we go for papa drives. We went for a papa drive, and so it was one of those things where I go, I go to the corner, I say, we want to turn left or right, left or right, left or right. We found ourselves out by, by Tilford, we're driving around, we ended up in Harrington, and along the way we're seeing different things. We, we pulled in at the Rockland Church, we walked in and looked at that, because, you know, the doors are open, if you ever want to just tour an old church, uh, at least I haven't got arrested yet for it. Uh, it probably is trespassing. <laughs> but it's, the door is not locked. It's a church. I'm a pastor. What can I say? Uh, they can, uh, I went to jail for going to church. <laughs> uh, I really shouldn't be saying these things. <laughs> uh, I've been on vacation. Don't, don't blame me. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's fun to just get out and wander. Sometimes it's fun to just see what's out there. But when you're at some place you need to get to, you want to go the way it takes to get there. You don't want to wander and just hope you eventually get there. Uh, the way of foolishness is to simply wander and think somehow you're going to get to a good end. It takes wisdom to get to a good end. By the way, once we got to Harrington, I said, okay, kids, we're taking the straight way home. Because guess what? I knew the straight way home. And I, Papa was tired of wandering. And so we just, we just drove straight back. We didn't, didn't gad about. Uh, Wisdom says, I know where I want to go, and I'm going to go the way that gets me there. I'm not going to take detours and, and side roads and things like that. But folly is always saying, come on, come on, take a peek, uh, have a look, see what, see what we have. Uh, that's the difference between wisdom and folly. Where we're going in life is important. Where we're going in life matters. You, you want to be somewhere at the, you know what you want to be when you end your life? You want to be at the place where should you be, live the kind, have the kind of death where you ha- are on a deathbed, where you are on your deathbed without regrets. You want to be at that place in your life where, it, I mean, it's not that none of us have, that, that there are any of us who have not done things in our lives that we should regret. I'm not saying that we just ignore them, but that we have already dealt with those regrets. And by the time we are on our deathbed, we, we have no regrets. We're not looking back and saying, uh, if only I had listened to, I don't think those words can, I'd listen to wisdom, but, but if only I had listened to wisdom, if only I had done what is right, if only I had lived a better life. And, and we don't want to have that. And wisdom gets you there. Folly does not. Folly leaves you surrounded by regrets. The adulteress, contrary to wisdom, distracts and misleads. And the first thing I want to tell you is the, the word adulteress is symbolic. But it's not only symbolic. It's both symbolic and literal. It's both of those. So when I say that it's, it's uh, symbolic, recognize the woman wisdom and the woman adulteress are contrasted 
throughout these nine chapters of Proverbs. Uh, they, are, they are placed side by side. Uh, and this makes adulterous symbolic of what is not wisdom. Uh, that which is not wisdom is pictured by the adulteress. Uh, and it's why we choose, uh, the, the adulteress is symbolic of why we choose what is not right. It's not like we're looking at two options that seem equally wise and we can't choose which one. At that point, uh, James 1 comes in where he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him seek of God who gives graciously and without uh, reproach. reproach. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, without reproach. Uh, and, and he will give you wisdom. But, and that's not what, what, what the adulteress is doing. It's not like you're looking and saying, this one looks wise and this one doesn't. This one looks wise, but this one looks fun. That, that, that's what is, what is going on here, and that's folly, to say, I know it's not wise, but it's fun, and I want to do the fun thing. And that's what the adulteress is symbolic of, what is not wisdom. And the last few sections, uh, the last few verses of this section of Proverbs describes her not as the adulteress, but as the woman of folly. Uh, in chapter 9, uh, verse 13, the way my New American Standard says it is, the woman of folly is boisterous. Let's see, what did I look at? The, the NIV says folly is an unruly woman. Uh, the Living Bible, the woman called folly is brash. <laughs> Ooh, that's interesting. And, and then others, others do their own things, but you get the idea. Uh, they, they, we have the two women, adulteress. The, the adulteress is a symbolic term representing folly, yeah, those who do not fo follow wisdom but are seduced away from wisdom by foolish things. That's, that's the adulteress. But the adulteress is also literal. Okay, uh, people who, who do these things deceive themselves that it will do no harm. And foolish men and women, because when we look at this, it's written to a man, and so we read it understanding that. We also recognize that these, recognize that these principles work both ways. Uh, and so I'll say foolish men and women seek to exploit each other's weakness, literally, uh, and, and, and pretend they are doing no wrong. And they do great damage to themselves and to each other and to their loved ones around them. And, and, and it is literal as well. And, and it is, uh, when we look at our society today, uh, I will say not just adultery, but sexual sin. Uh, the, the, the sin of sex outside of marriage is, is not simply, what's the word I want, broad? Broads, broad, as in lots of people are, are doing it, but it is proclaimed as good. It is right. It is normal. It is expected. And those who don't do it are, are considered weird and wrong and, and foolish and, and depriving themselves of things that they, they should have. And our, our society is like that. And so it's, it's very literal. It's very literal. The wise person is the one who is able to avoid that. Uh, and, and let's look at the damage that the adulteress does. I'm chapter 5 now. Chapter 5, verses 3 through 6. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey, and smoother than oil is her speech. But in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, and steps, her steps take hold of Sheol, or the grave, and sometimes that word is translated hell. She appeals to all those surface desires. right? She's the one that guys look at and go, whoa, baby, right? There's something I want there. But it is a thin veneer that soon wears away. Uh, and, and, 
and she will lead you to death in the grave. And her path wanders aimlessly. And you remember the story, a picture I was giving of how fun it is to wander around sometimes and, and, and just do those things. But when you need to get somewhere, you don't want to do that. Uh, she, her path wanders aimlessly. And, and, and I, think, I think she herself doesn't realize that her, her path goes nowhere. I, don't, I think she has not thought through deeply enough that, that what she stand, does and stands for leads only to evil, only to bad, only to pain and suffering. And, and she's following a road marked only by her shallow desires from one, from one shallow desire to the next. And, and somehow it's masked as wisdom. Proverbs 7, verses 6 through 27. Let me read just 21 through 27. So speaking about wisdom... Bind them continually on their, your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they'll guide you. When you sleep, they'll watch over you. When you awake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is a light. Reproofs are for discipline are the way of life. Now, that's the good part, to keep you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Do not desire her beauty in your heart, nor let her capture you with her eyelids. For on account of the harlot, one is reduced to a loaf of bread, and adulteress hunts for the uh, precious life. I like that. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? And he goes on. On with that, uh, it, she, she seduces the foolish, and the foolish listen to what she has to say. Uh, the wise don't. Uh, he uses the, the images, if we were to go on, like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer or a bird getting caught in a trap, like being shot with an arrow. He says, an arrow in your liver. It will cost him his life. Many are her victims. Her house is a highway to the grave. And, and, and I'm really comfortable reading that to say grave is a synonym for hell. Many people have said the Old Testament doesn't talk about hell, and, and uh, sometimes the King James will, will translate Sheol or the grave as hell, and it's not really supposed to be. It's the grave. Hell is a the theology or doctrine like many that it develops more and more as you go along. Jesus spoke clearly about hell, so it really doesn't matter how clear the Old Testament was. Uh, but uh, I'm really comfortable reading that, that her, her path leads to not just the grave but hell. Her guests, verses 13 through 19 of chapter 9, um, her guests are deep in the realm of the dead, is what it says. The woman of folly, yeah, 13 through 18, the woman of folly is boisterous. She is naive and knows nothing. She sits in the doorway of her house by the seat of the high places of the city, calling those who pass by, making their path straight. Uh, skip down to, to verse uh, 19. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol, and, and, or the realm of the dead, depending on, on what you, your version says. And the realm of the dead should be contrasted with the kingdom of God. There's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of life, and the realm of the dead, which is the kingdom of, of death or, or, or of hell. Uh, the realm, if God rules in your life, that's what makes you part, makes you, you part of the kingdom of God is if God is ruling in your life. If God is not ruling in your life, if you say, you know, I hear what it says and I really don't care, then you are not part of the kingdom of God because you're saying, I am not following the, the rule of God. But if you do, as you, you at least seek to follow the kingdom of God, I'm not saying 100% successfully, but you seek, then God is your king and you are in the kingdom of God. These people are not in the kingdom of God because they don't care what God says. There's only one other kingdom. The realm of death, the kingdom of death. And so those who follow her path are in the realm of death. It, 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 they are 
following that way. They are following the king of that way. And those who walk in the way of the adulteress are not part of the kingdom of God. They have rejected him, and they're part of the realm of the dead. Our world today, and you know what? Especially our entertainment world, our big public on-display world, as opposed to our private small world where people, there's a lot of still people who are really good uh, at heart. Our our world has embraced the way of the adulteress, both the literal and the symbolic adulteress. So many things seem designed as if their one great purpose is to distract us from the wisdom that we should follow, the wisdom that is part of the kingdom of God. Uh, It's as if they are designed to lure us to the, the flash and the appeal of our sensual desires as if satisfying our sensual desires is the most important thing we could do and our highest goal in life. And it's not. It's it's not even remotely close. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. You'll get what you need. Your life will be satisfying, but not if you seek after the foolish things or follow them. And and the hope you have is in protection. Wisdom protects you from the adulteress. Uh, Let me read again three passages on protection. Chapter 1, verse 33. We've read it a couple times. We're going to do it again. doesn't hurt if you become familiar with it, right? <laughs> Proverbs 1, verse 33. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. You don't have to fear the things they fear because you're listening to wisdom. You're following wisdom. You're seeking those things, right? Next passage, chapter 2, verses 10 through 17. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you. Listen to that. You, you hear, hear these words so far? Uh, guard you, watch over you, deliver you. <laughs> wisdom protects you if you seek it. But if you don't seek it, it, afterwards it's too late. All I can do is look back and mock and say, man, I bet you wish you'd listen now. Too late, baby, now you're paying for it. To deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who lead to the paths of unrighteousness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who delight in doing evil and rejoice in the perversity of evil. How far do I go with that? Verse uh, 17. Whose paths are crooked, who are devious in their ways, to deliver you from the strange woman, from the adulteress who flatters with her words, that leaves the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of God. And you have all these words about protection. If you will seek wisdom, if you will seek what it has, it delivers you from the way of evil, from those who speak perverse things, from those who leave what is right to walk in darkness, from those who delight in evil, from those who are crooked and devious, and from the way of the adulteress. Wisdom does that. Verses 5 and 6 in chapter 4, one whole page to the right. Acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will guard you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is your protection. And there is a condition on this protection. You must have the protection first. You can't walk out into battle and say, wait a minute, hold it. I got to run back and get my shield. (laughs) It's a little bit too, because the enemy is not going to wait. The enemy is not going to say, oh, okay. I'll, I'll be here sipping tea till you come back, <laughs> right? Got that little pinky pointed out. Uh, that's the condition. Seek wisdom now. Chapter 4, still, we, we just looked at it. Verse 7, the beginning of wisdom, or the next verse for where we were. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. And with all your acquiring, get understanding. Now, now this is deep. 
right? This is deep. I don't know if you can follow this. The beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. <laughs> it's like the beginning of, of a bank account is get money, <laughs> right? The beginning of, of, of a house is get lumber. <laughs> it's like this is really obvious. You, you start from where you are and you start getting what you need. Uh, the beginning of it doesn't say the beginning of wisdom is you have to start out wise. It says the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. Say, I will seek that. Wisdom will only protect you if you have it. And if you don't have it, then acquire it. And by the way, we all have wisdom to some extent. None of us has all wisdom. <laughs> so I want to say something to all of you, including this guy up front. Get wisdom. Acquire wisdom. Seek it. Find it. Want it. Desire it. Closing things, wisdom does not save your soul. You will not go to heaven because you are wise. And becoming wise will, will not do that for you. Jesus does that. Why did we have communion today? Why do we have communion the Lord's Supper once a month? To remind us that our salvation is entirely and only in Jesus Christ, bought by his blood. One for us by our faith in him and what he did for us. Wisdom does not do that. Uh, if you have not trusted Jesus as your Savior and think acquiring wisdom will help you, uh, there's a phrase for that. It's called putting lipstick on a pig, okay? Uh, it, by the way, I've never put lipstick on a pig, and I've never seen a pig with lipstick, but I have a theory that a pig with lipstick is still not pretty, <laughs> and it's still just a pig, right? Uh, if you learn to walk and live and look like a Christian but have not trusted Jesus Christ, you've gained nothing, right? Wisdom is not of value at that point. But while wisdom will not save your soul, wisdom will save you from so much. Wisdom will save you from so much suffering and so many regrets. There is much in this world to distract you. Wisdom will protect you from those distractions. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is wisdom and contains so much wisdom. Lord, give us the, the, the wisdom and the self-control. The self-control, I, I don't know which has to come first, Father, uh, in partnership in our lives to live good and godly lives, honoring to you. We pray in Jesus' name.